Amen. What else? I think we're ready to get started. The perfect father. Who's the perfect father? Is there a perfect father here today? My dad. My dad here? There he is. He says, no, no. He's not going to take that, that mantle. Although if I was to vote. But I do want to talk about the perfect father this morning. And, and it always amazes me how God has made the father and the mother so different. I mean, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> fathers and mothers are so different. You know, the children, our children, they need the mother desperately, right? Come on now. I mean, I should, should at least have the mothers nodding their heads, right? So that the children need the mothers desperately. But you know what? In this crazy society that we live in, sometimes this is left out. But our children and our grandchildren, they also need to father desperately, right? And that's why God made them so completely different because our children, our grandchildren, they need them both. They need the loving touch of a mother and they need the firmness and, and the strength of a father. I seen it at a family camp this week. A young, young boy hurt his toe. Of course, we was playing around and, and he hurt his toe and I, and I tried to comfort him. But no, nobody can do it like his mama, Right? Hey, I can relate to that. That's an honest. You know, there's times I call my mama still to this day. Mom, 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 I, I need help. I need help. Yeah. But it never seems to amaze me the difference that God has separated the two and the differences in the two. I read this story of a, of a mother and a father. You know, the mother had gave birth to a new baby and... They took the baby down to the nursery, and, and uh, the mother uh, knew that the father was down there checking on the baby, and she, she got up out of her room, and she goes down to the nursery, and she looks up, and there's her loving husband gazing intently into the nursery, just looking. He was just in awe and so infatuated on what he was looking at, and she just admired him for a moment and just was... Heart, you know, love just filled her heart. Oh, this is the father of my child, and he loves her child so much. And finally she went up and put her arm around him and patted him. And she says, oh, honey, what are you thinking about right now? And he says, I just don't understand how they can make a baby cradle like that for $89.95. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> uh, hey, we're different, aren't we? <laughs> we are different. God never intended us to be the same. He didn't plan it that way. And our children need both. In this crazy world, people will tell you, well, Children don't need their dad, or children don't need their mom, or I can do it by myself. And a lot of times that is the case, be out of necessity. But I'll tell you what God designed, and His plan is for a child to have a mother and a father together, to have both. 
$89.95. I like that. Did you just like that? I thought that, was, I thought that was hilarious. If you've got your Bibles, Romans 8, 38 and 39, we're going to read that if you've got your Bibles. Romans 8, 38 and 39. We're talking about the perfect father this morning. And of course, there's no perfect fathers here this morning, but you know what? There is a perfect father, and that's our heavenly father, right? And we have enjoyed his presence already today, have we not? Yes. Absolutely. Romans 8, 38 and 39, a very important truth from the scriptures. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, or any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ our Lord. The number one thing that a perfect father can strive for is to love their children, right? You know, and I, I realized a long time ago, when, when my kids were just young, I was a terrible father. I wasn't good. I mean, I, I had my own interest. I loved to play golf, you know, and I, and I loved to catch fish, and I loved to do all my own things. But, and then I slowly started to realize, you know, hey, I've got a responsibility here. I've got a part to play. And then the Lord kind of used Daniel as, a, as an example to me and, and kind of showed me that, that great fathers are not just born, we're not born to be great fathers, but great, you learn to be a great father. Just like you learn to be a, a great, uh, what do you do? What do you do? You're high jumper. If you grow to be a great high jumper, you, you're not born to be a great high jumper. You practice and you practice and you study and you exercise and you become a great high jumper. You're just like a great baseball player. You're not born to be a great baseball player. But as you practice and, and work at it, you can become a great baseball player. Michael Jordan, you know, as the story goes, you know, he didn't even start on his high school basketball team, but yet came on, went on to be, the, be one of the greatest basketball players ever. He wasn't born a great basketball player. But he grew into a great basketball player because he never gave up. Even after high school and he wasn't starting, he never gave up. And that's the way fatherhood is. To be a great father or strive to be a perfect father, it takes, it takes practice and it takes work and it takes God. Without God, we're in trouble. So today we want to honor the ones that God has set at the head of the household. We want to honor them and, and respect them and give them the respect that they deserve. Because, see, God has placed them at the head of the household. And the majority of the time, the, the father of the household, the man of the household, he sets the tone for the house. He comes home grumpy and kicking the dog and kicking the cat and yelling at mama. He's setting the tone for the children to kick the cat and kick the dog and yell at mama. Right? So, so, so it's so important, the actions of a father, whether we realize it or not, we are constantly always training our children. I have a friend of mine that, 
that uh, before he came to, came to know the Lord, of course, I, I really think he knew the Lord from younger, but he got away from the Lord, and he said he was mowing the, he was mowing the yard one day, and uh, he was sitting down underneath a shade tree, and he was drinking a beer. And he said the next thing he know, his, his little son, I think he was five years old at the time, his little, had went to the refrigerator and got him a beer, and he was sitting down beside him, and he was getting, trying to open the beer imitating his father, following the path, the example that he was being shown. Well, see, God has given us an example, and he is our perfect example. James Dobson, he gives us some some examples of what, what God tells us that we should do to be a good father, to be a perfect father, and the first one is, is to be a great example with their mother. Children should respect the mother, right? Well, children are not going to respect the mother if the father doesn't respect the mother. The children aren't going to talk nice to mama if the dad don't talk nice to mama. Can I get any clearer than that? If daddy... If dad is not nice, the children will not be nice. If the dad is not respectful, the children will not be respectful. And these are the things that, we, that, that God teaches us in his word. That the, that the father sets the tone for the household. We see in, in 1 John 4, 19, it's, we see the love that, that God shows for the for the fathers to, to exemplify, it says we love because he loved us first. You know, I'll never forget the day that, we, uh, that my family seen my grandson Meyer's first sonogram. And me and, me and my wife, Chris, we was at Wayne City, and, and it had been done at Evansville, I think, and, and she, got a, she got an image on her phone, and she opens up that image, and she looks at it, and she says, it's the most beautiful baby I've ever seen. And it was the first sonogram. I don't even think they knew if it was a boy or a girl yet. It didn't matter. It was the most beautiful baby she had ever seen. See, that love was there before that child done anything. Before it ever smiled, before it ever said, Mama, Mimi, or Papa, or Mom, or Dad. That love was already there, and that comes from God. You know, another thing that James Dobson points out in his book, he says the, most, the greatest thing that a father can do for his children, let me repeat that, the greatest thing that a father can do for his children is love their mama. Love their mama. Fathers, we got a great responsibility Because as heads of the household, we're the ones that set the standard of forgiveness. We're the ones that set the standard of loyalty. We're the ones that set the standard for commitment. Whether we we say we'll be someplace and then we don't, or we sign up for something and we don't show up, we are the standard. Now I can hear some of you saying right now, I can hear you, some of you saying right now, don't put that on me, brother. I'm not. God did. God put it on you. 
And hey, I've got God's number. If you need to talk to him, I've got his number. I'll text it to you. But see, God has called us to be greater than we are by ourselves. He has called us to be something that we cannot be by ourselves. He has called us to be great fathers. And we cannot be great fathers without the perfect father's guidance. Oh, a perfect father. Mm. The scriptures goes on to tell us that in Romans 5, 8, that God demonstrated his own love for us in this while we were still sinners. Christ died for us while we were still sinners. That's the love of a perfect father. Not waiting to see if the child lives up to our expectations or not. Not waiting to see if the child makes a first-string basketball or not. Not waiting to see if the child does everything just right or not. Not waiting for the child to see if they get straight A's to love them. No. No, the perfect Father, our Heavenly Father, He loved each and every one of us when we was in the midst of our wrongs. When we was in the midst of doing our own thing and turning her back on him, he still loved us. That's the uh, actions of a perfect father. I want to share three things with you that God does for us. And I've already shared one with you. There's three things, I might have time for four, that God does for his children as a perfect father. And if the fathers, if we can grasp and implement and do these things for our children, we might never be perfect fathers, but we can be great fathers. Amen. Can I hear that? Amen on that? Amen. The first is love them unconditionally. No matter where they're at, no matter what they're doing, love them with all of our heart. Do what's best for them. Sometimes we have to say no to ourselves, no to our own ideas, and no, no to our own desires so that we can instill into them the things that they need for their future. You know, sometimes, you know, I, I hear the word raising children. No, we're not just raising children. We are preparing them. If you're not preparing your children, you're making a mistake because they have great things they've got to be ready for. They've got to be ready to be criticized. They got to be ready to be condemned and made fun of. They got to be ready to get up at seven o'clock. They got to be ready to get to work on time. They got to be ready for that. They got to be ready to show up every day, every day, whether it's school or work. They got to be prepared for that. So it's not just about, I, I tell you, kids can raise themselves, they really don't need your help. Somebody will feed them. They will grow. The government will put them through school. They can raise themselves. But only the parent can prepare them for what's coming ahead of them. So love them unconditionally. That's number one. That's what we got to do is to be great fathers and to imitate our perfect father. Number two, we have to encourage them. Be encouragers. I'll tell you what, Dad, <clears throat> let me tell you something. Something happens 
when your child is at an event and they're playing baseball or basketball or they're dancing, there's something special happens when they look up in the stand and see their father. Don't make me kick this pulpit off here. There's something special happens. When, the, when that child looks up and he sees his, his father up there in the stands looking at him and cheering at him and, and, and wishing him the best, there's something special happens inside of that child. You know, that's one of the attributes of a perfect father. That's, that's an attribute that comes from God. God is an encourager. He encouraged Moses at the burning bush before he led the children of Israel out. God encouraged him. Come on, Moses. You can do it. We can do it. God encouraged Joshua as Joshua set out to conquer the promised land, even though the majority of the people was against Joshua and they didn't want to go. God says, fear not. Be brave and courageous. God encouraged him. And as great fathers, we can encourage our children. You know what? In today's society, with the certain amount of work and dedication, I don't know if there's anything a young person cannot do. What young lady, who was it at camp this week that said there's going to be the first female president? Who was that? Hey, let, let me tell you, let me add to the story before somebody tells me. Uh, I was told that she said she was so glad Hillary Clinton didn't get president because she wanted to be the first female. Wow. Wow. You know what, you know what they say? You got you to be careful what you aim at because you might hit it. You know, you better be careful. You aim high, you might hit it. You aim low, you might hit it. She's aiming high. And I, I almost guarantee you, she has influences around her that's encouraging her. Building her up and telling her that, that greater is he that is in her than he that is in the world. Telling her that, that she can do all things through Christ who strengthens her. How can a little girl be so bold and arrogant to think that out of millions of young girls, in the United States, how could she be so bold and arrogant to even have a, have a dream of being the president of the United States? You see, that's the, that's the mindset. That's the mentality that this great country was founded on. Amen. We can do it. We roll up our sleeves and we get to work. Yeah, Whatever. So we must love them unconditionally. We must encourage them. And last but not least, our Heavenly Father, the perfect Father, He disciplines us. Oh, you know, I'll tell you what. Let me just tell you real quick. I don't know how many I got. I probably got three or four. I'm going to say three, maybe even two. I'm going to say three spankings from my dad when I was young and it's not nothing that you want to go through right 
But you know why? Because he disciplined me appropriately those two or three times, it changed my life. It taught me not to steal. It taught me not to lie. Right? And I owe him a great thank you for the influence that he's made in my life. But God disciplines his children. But you know, he doesn't discipline his children in spite of his goodness. He disciplines his children because of his goodness. You see, my dad didn't discipline me in spite of his love. He disciplined me because of his love. He disciplined me because he loved me so much. And he wanted, and he, he wanted me to, to grow up and be someone that reflects the things of God and, and reflects, you know, the good things in life. So parents, let me tell you, to tell you right now, if you think discipline is a bad thing, you are wrong. The perfect father, the perfect father, our heavenly father, he disciplines us. He disciplines us, although he would rather not, but he does. Deuteronomy 8, 5 says, Now then in your heart that this is a, as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord God disciplines you. It's true. Proverbs 3, 12, it says, The Lord disciplines those that he loves. So it's important as fathers that we discipline our children. Can you just imagine a world where there was no discipline for children? We're getting close to that. In fact, you can, you can see a, you can see a many, many glimpse of that. <laughs> Sorry, Jackson. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Discipline's part of it too, buddy. Sorry about that. <laughs> you can see many glimpses of world, what the world would be without discipline in many families. You can see it. Can you imagine a, a little, bi, little baby? You know, something that Pastor Mark, the late Pastor Mark Shell used to say that, that, that I'll never forget. He would always say, you never have to teach a baby to say no. Right? You never see grandma or grandpa or mom and dad saying, okay, say no. Come on, say no. No, it's always say mama, say dada. But somehow or another, the first word they learn is no. Just what would it be? What would the world be like? Put on your shoes, little Tommy. Put on your shoes. No. What would the world be like without discipline? We see the results of it in some of our culture even now. Stay with me just another moment or two. I'm, I'm, I'm getting close to, close to closing. <clears throat> There's a parable of three fathers. And these three fathers, each one of them, felt the need to share who God was. But as we all know, there's all different ways to raise children, right? There's all different ideas out there. So the first father, he, he grabbed a, a hold of these, his little son's hand, and they took off down the pathway, and he says, Son, look at these tall trees. 
These are God's trees and he can make them fall and crash to the ground anytime he wants. And he says, son, feel that hot sun that's burning down on you. That's God's sun and he can make it so hot that it, that it kills all the plants and it'll burn your skin. And he could burn up this whole planet if he wanted to. And he went on to tell him about the big rocks that could fall and the, and the tornadoes and the hurricanes and, and the earthquakes that, fall, that just swallow up all of, all of creation. But there come a day when the Father and the Son stood before God. And as they stood before God, the little boy quickly runs around behind his father in fear of God. In fear of God. How many of you know that's the wrong way? That's the wrong way to teach about God. The second father knew that he had a lot to teach his to teach his child, and there were so many things about God that he wanted to, to show and to demonstrate. So he took the took the young person's hand and he showed him, hurried through and, and said, these are the trees and this is the ocean. And he hurried through all the stories of, of God and, and just as fast as he could, he taught him all of these things and in a hurried fashion. And But then, as in the first case, then one day they both stood before God. And the child just quickly looked up at God and then, went on his way, showing us that sometimes if we don't have time for God, our children won't have time for God, right? There was a third father. He took the hand of his, of his child, and as soon as he took the hand of his child, he changed his pace. He changed his pace to match the child's pace. And he showed him the flowers of the valley, their beauty, and they smelt the flowers and they admired the flowers and they went to the ocean and they admired the ocean and they seen the, the, the dolphins and the whales and, and the, the, the father told him about how God created all this beauty and and how the love of God was in each and every one of them for our enjoyment. And all of these things was created for, for our enjoyment, for mankind enjoyment. And just like in the first two stories when the father and the young man comes up before God, the young person comes up to God and gives him a hug and sits down beside him just waiting to talk and the fellowship with the loving God that created all of this for him. There's different ways to raise children. There's different ways to teach them of the things of God. I want to share one more thing with you that I'm closing. Praise team, go ahead and come, please. I know some of you have seen the movie Shack. Maybe some of you have not. That movie has received a lot of criticism from believers and non-believers alike. 
believers say that it is filled with unbiblical truths. It's filled with biblical errors, the critics say. Non-believers say it's filled with too much Jesus. <laughs> How can you win? Huh? How can you win? But let me tell you something that you might not have picked up in this movie. We have a perfect father, right? Well, a perfect father knows what the children need. And this movie, it sets up where there's a tragic incident in this family. And the father of the family is called to this shack. And in this movie, God is portrayed as three different individuals. And the part that turned many Christians off was the very first part of the movie when the man is hurting and he's questioning and he's got all these different thoughts running through his mind and asking God, why, why, why would you let this happen? Why has this happened? The very first image of God we see is, a, is an elderly woman, a, a grandmother figure, you might say. And of course, all the Christians go, <gasps> but if you'll notice later on in the movie, let me back up just for a moment. The father of that family, they was in a situation where what they needed was the love of a mother. They was in a situation, they didn't need the firmness of a father. They didn't need the commitment of a father. They needed the love, the compassion, and the hugs of a mother. Let me ask you something. Where do you think your mama's got all their love at? It comes from God, the perfect father. So that's why God was portrayed as an elderly, loving mother or grandmother because that's what he needed at the time. Later on in the movie, after he had went through some healing, he needed, he needed encouragement. He needed to take a stand. He needed to stand strong. He needed to, to man up. And that's when God was portrayed as a man. the perfect father. Here's my message today. If you have a father or if you don't, God is what you need. If you have a mother or if you don't, God is what you need. If you have a family, or if you don't have a family, God has a family for you. Stand up with me, please. Whatever it is that you need today, God is the perfect father. He will love you like a mother when you need to be loved like a mother. He will talk to you like a dad, like a man when you need to be talked to like a man. He will run with you and play with you like a grandma or a grandpa. He'll get down on the floor and play with you. 
when mom and dad won't. Bow your heads with me, please. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we just worship you and praise you for being the perfect father. We thank you, Father, for your word that tells us who you are. And we thank you for your spirit that shows us that you want to intertwine your life with ours. That you want to be with us and share with us and, and raise us up and bring us closer to you. Father, right now I just pray for every heart and every mind here, Father. Whatever their need is, Father, I pray that you will touch them, Father. Whatever their hurt is, take that hurt away, Father. Whatever it is they need, I pray and ask that you will be the perfect Father right now. And you'll minister to them and talk to them and lead them and guide them. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Now, this is it. Now, this is it. If you have a need this morning, please come. Please come. Bring it to God. Bring your troubles to Him and let the perfect Father minister to you. Please come. Please come.
It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.